It's so easy to be average. You know it as well as I know it. It takes a little something to be special, Don. It takes a little something special to be a great player. We don't have enough great players. To hell with that! We don't want to coach average. I don't want to be around you. Why be around average? proud of our young people in the classroom, in the community, and most especially in 310 days in Ann Arbor, Michigan, on the football field. Three things. Number one, the team that hits the hardest and the longest, the team that starts the fastest, and the team is too damn smart to make mistakes. If you take it to them, if you don't make mistakes, and you keep taking it to them, hell, there's no question who win. It's time for the best Buckeye podcast. By fans, for the fans. Where they hate that team up north as much as you do. It's time for the OHIO Podcast. OH! IO! Welcome back to the OHIO Podcast, everybody. I'm your host, Buckeye Boggs. That man over there is Sergeant MVP Aaron Brown, and you are you, and we're thankful that you decided to join us live tonight from my beautiful upstairs recording studio office and Aaron's apparent trophy room, it looks like, behind sitting behind. <laughs> many things. <laughs> <laughs> the room of many things. Yes. Yes. <laughs> we are the OHIO podcast here to glow about everything that we did yesterday and to complain about everything we didn't do yesterday. We are the official Ohio State podcast of Fan Sided and the Scarlet and Game website. Just go over to scarletandgame.com. Check out many great articles about Ohio State. You can read, learn, do all of that great stuff. Safe. Great stuff from people like myself and others who write for Ohio State. We are also the official Ohio State podcast of Big Banter Sports. Go to BigBanterSports.com and check out all the great podcasts from all 14 Big Ten teams, soon to be 18. And they have basketball podcasts, too, that they've already started. So how crazy is that, man? Uh, all those great things. Check them out. We really appreciate it. Please give us a thumbs up, a like, share, subscribe. That really all that does really help the channel, guys. It really does. I know it's annoying to hear people say that but we thank you so much larry daniels is in the house out with some friends from mesa arizona tonight enjoying much better weather than what we have here in the midwest it's downright cold here i mean winter's like saying hello i'm right around the corner i mean we might skip hoodie weather unfortunately this is a name you all need to know because we're going to be doing a lot of collaboration with this guy this week my buddy dylan coon from the boiler express podcast He's uh, wanted to shoot the first shots this week at us. Hammer down, boiler up. He said, let's go Purdue. Let's have us a week, boys. Looking forward to collaborating with you, Dylan. And uh, heading out to West Lafayette this upcoming Saturday to tailgate with the Boiler Podcast guys and uh, hopefully see a Buckeye win. Matt Butcher all the way from out in Australia. Good morning or evening, fellas. (laughs) <laughs> watching from Wollongong? Wollongong. Uncultured swine. Wollongong. Wollongong. Help us out with that. <laughs> nice part of coastal <laughs> coastal 
NSW. He told me what this was one time, and I forget what NSW is. Facebook user, what up? That's got to be Wickerham. That's got to be my buddy, Ryan Wickerham, right there. Uh, Brian Oberst, uh, glad we won, but our offensive line is garbage. You tell us how you really feel. Goodness. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot going on there, and we're going to dive into all of that. My buddy Lenny Zabo's on tonight. He stayed awake. <laughs> hey. All right. Yeah, he's up here in the great state of Ohio. There it is, Matt Butcher. Thank you, New South Wales. Okay. That's what it is. When yeah. we see N, S, and W, we immediately think directions, north, south, yes. west. Yeah. That's kind of a thing here. Chris is, I'm here. If only in spirit. Yes, Chris is <laughs> Chris. When I just got done talking to him, and it wasn't much of a conversation because he doesn't have a voice. He's very, very ill. Double pneumonia. Get better, buddy, because we got we're gonna need you this uh, weekend on our trip, man. Nick Arts. Quint, what up, guys? Hartman, Hartman, Sam Hartman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nick Quint, what up, guys? Nick, good to have you with us tonight, man. Uh, Facebook user, yeah, this has got to be Wickerham. Hope to see you at the Penn State game, game and Sparty at my tailgate. We will be there for Penn State. You can guarantee that, Wickerham. We are going to be there. going to have a good time at that tailgate. All right, guys, it's time to dive into tonight's stuff. I'm going to gloat. Can I gloat? Is, is it all right if I gloat a little bit? Do it. Okay. The Turtleheads podcast um, are chirpers. No. They like to they like to talk, My and favorite. they did a lot of talking. And for a quarter, they had to feel really good about things. And then they decided that they were going to be the poor man's Duke, which is what they <clears throat> are. Threw a bunch of interceptions. Ohio State goes wins going away. 37-17. It was a 19.5-point spread. Chris took the over. He was one of the brave ones who took the over. And, dude, dude won some money. And I'll tell you what, Aaron, there were a lot of people that came very close to nailing the score on this one. Uh, there was a 36-17, to 17, one point off. Uh, that was Monk. He was one yeah. point off. Uh, and I think there was a 39 to 17. Again, one point off just on the other side of that. Um, so there was a lot of people that almost nailed this this score. Um, what were your initial thoughts, Aaron, of Ohio State's victory? Because I'm sure you've got some thoughts. I do. Um, <clears throat> you know, they came off to a slow start. Not really surprised after a bye week. I think a lot of times we expect that sort of thing. Um Thankfully, the defense came ready. Let's, I'll, I'll keep it real. Thankfully, the defense came ready. Uh, this could have got real ugly real fast if they hadn't. Uh, and honestly, I can only think of a handful of times in my lifetime that Ohio State comes out firing on all cylinders on both sides of the ball. So people getting up in arms over that, you know, I get it. It's alarming in the moment. But looking back on it, it's kind of like, is it really new? Because I, they just—they've always been this way, and I don't know why. I don't know if it's like an uh, Ohio State culture thing. I don't know, but whether it was Cooper, Trestle, Fickle, Meyer, it, it didn't really matter. They just—they've always come out flat, and I—it's I, just like I said, a handful of times have I ever seen them 
show up and just play whistle to whistle. Um, and most recent time I can think of is against Georgia last year. But aside from that, they just they don't show up in the beginning of games, and I don't know why. Um, let me think. Uh, you know, I think somebody in there commented on the offensive line. It was Brian. And I agree. Um, I'm not going to call them garbage, but I, I will say this. They need to figure their lives out because uh, what whatever's going on can't continue. Uh, that's that is not a championship offensive line. Um, you know, is it the talent? Is it the coaching? I, I don't know. I don't know. I wish I did. I'd love to be at practice to see what the heck's going on out there. Uh, you would think practicing against the defensive line talent at least that they have that you know maybe the performances would be better but i don't know and then speaking of the defensive line they did a nice job for the most part they did they did a nice job um and i don't know if it's inconsistency or if they're finding their way or if it was just simply a, a better matchup against maryland i i don't know yet um and that i think the rest of the season is going to give us that answer um, and another thought I have is I'm cool if Chip Traynham stays the, the running back one, guys. I, that's the, you know, how could you turn on Travion? I'm not turning on him. I just feel like, you know, Chip has the, the durability. He gets the job done. There's a reason that, that Coach Day put in Chip against Notre Dame on that last play, guys. And I, I can't help but think it, you know, the dude's power and he's fast. He gets the job done. He protects the football too. Um, and finally, I think it's clear to me that, you know, McCord is a lot closer to Krenzel than he is Stroud. And I know a lot of people have said this already, including myself, but this last game really just, it just drove that point home for me. Um, Cause I mean, you got Marvin Harrison streaking down the middle of the field. How Maryland allowed that to happen is beyond me. But it is what it is. He got there, and somehow McCord still underthrew him. He also underthrew Julian Fleming. Uh, I forget what quarter it was, but when he had to slide and make that catch, underthrown. Um, he's got an underthrowing problem. I don't know if that's just his arm talent uh, or if it's confidence, but I'm starting to think that it's just his talent because that's it's been that way all season through five games, and he's had plenty of time to practice and get this thing down, so we can't really – can't really blame it on him not knowing plays or not having confidence to run them. But uh, for me, that's just how it is, man. Eric, what'd you think? Yeah. So I got, I got a lot of thoughts. Number one, let's embrace the fact that this team is, is more 2002 than they are 2014. Yeah. It's just time to embrace it. We're going to yeah. win. If we're going to win, it's going to be, it's going to be defensively. Yeah. Big Penn state. If you're going to beat Penn state, it's going to be a, cause your defense you're going to beat that team up north, and I have some serious doubts about that right now. It's going to be because of your defense. We go to West Lafayette this week, and we win. It's going to be because of our defense. Okay? So let's just embrace it. It's time to embrace that. Offensively, this team is limited. It stinks that we have to say that, given the fact that you got two of the best wide receivers in all of football on your roster, but what, what can you do? You're just a limited team right now. I don't know what's going on with the offensive line blocking in the run game. They do a decent job in the pass game. Now they, they struggled a little bit at first in, in the uh, first quarter 
Uh, I think I think McCord took two sacks in the first half, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. I think so. One was on a third down. Mm-hmm. Um, but the run blocking is atrocious. They haven't got to the second level one time this year. I can't remember of one time where they the offensive line has gotten to the second level and blocked a linebacker. It's just not happening. I don't know if it's scheme. I don't know if it's personnel at this point. But there's an issue with the run game coordinator that Ryan Day labeled Fry with. It's not working. It's not working. So that needs to be fixed. Um, but, but I want to give mad props to the Ohio State fans on Saturday. When we had the misfortune of buffing the snap on the punt, which we all thought it was a fake punt, the way it looked to us. Of course, on television, you all saw where it was a, a the snap was bad. And then... Maryland, we literally spotted them seven points, okay? I can't blame the defense on that. It would have been great if the defense would have held them to a field goal there. Okay, awesome job. That you applaud. But you literally spotted them seven points, okay? And if you take that misfortune away, the defense gave up 10 points the whole game to an offense that is statistically one of the best in the Big Ten. I say great job defense. But – the the that it that play that first touchdown just sucked the life out of the horseshoe. The fan base was just like, oh, what? And we didn't get it back. We had zero momentum until Josh Proctor said, "I'm going to step in front of this," yeah. and had one of the best plays of the season. And from that moment on, it you saw the defense just come alive. <clears throat> They were like sharks with blood in the water, man. And the defensive line, you called it, Aaron. The defensive line all of a sudden came to life in this game, especially in the second half on third down, and the shoe was loud on third down. This will be the second best crowd we'll get this year for an Ohio State game. The best will be on against Penn State, obviously. They'll be loud that day. Those are my initial thoughts. Let's jump into letter grades, Aaron. We'll start with the defense first since they've been the best part. What letter grade did you give the defense and why? I gave them an A+. Plus. Um, I get it. They gave up 17 points, uh, you know, but you you said it best there. They spotted them seven right in the jump. Um, and, I, you know, Maryland took advantage of a solid situation, and that's, that's how this game is played. They're going to score points, uh, especially in offense as prolific as they are and have shown themselves to be. Um, but I'm going with an A plus, man. You know, we got to the quarterback. We got home, like Chris is saying. Uh, we produced two turnovers. Uh, you know, through Proctor it was a pick six. That was huge. That was massive play. We needed that right when it happened. Um, and then um, we got another pick towards the end of the game that really, I think, you know, the tides had kind of turned at that point. But that really, really turned it in our favor for good. I feel like. Um, uh, Eichenberg had himself a day. Uh, Steel Chambers had a great day. Uh, I think uh, Eichenberg had what thirteen tackles, and yeah. I think Chambers had close to that as well, eleven or twelve. I think. 
Um, so, I mean, the linebackers were playing out of their minds. The, the, the secondary was, was physical. Um, the secondary, man, is playing just – I'm loving what I'm seeing out of that. You know I'm a secondary guy, and I am just enjoying this. Um, if we could get the front four on the same page – and I feel like we're trending that direction, but I think we need to see it a little bit more um, so before we can really say, like, yes, the whole defense is is on the same page. But from the linebackers back, I feel like they're there. They've got it figured out. Um, but I, I feel like they're just they're really doing good. Um, who did you say it was? Was it Jackson? I think it was Jackson got in there, and they really started. Uh, oh, on the D- Kenyatta Jackson number ninety-seven. Yeah, yeah. Where's, the, where's the right number? Doesn't he? He does. He does. Um, and I'll tell you, I think that that kid is the answer. I'm not sold on Jack Sawyer, and I really haven't been. I feel like it's there. I feel the same way about Jack Sawyer that I did about Zach Harrison. The talent is there, but for whatever reason, it's just not happening. But final grade, A plus for the defense. Yeah, I'm at a I'm at a A minus. Um, so right there with you. And uh, Chris said that his letter grade was uh, A minus as well um, for the for the defense. So uh, yeah, I I'm happy with the defense, dude. Like if we can get this all year long, I know that at some point they're gonna probably give up somewhere in the 20s to somebody. If we could just get the offense that day to click like they did in the second half of this game, mm-hmm. uh, then like Wickerham saying here, then we've got something. We can we can compete against anybody. Um, flipping it over now to the offense, and Brian Obers uh, says, "Do we need to get a new offensive line coach or recruit better?" I don't want to. I don't want to quit on Fry because I like the guy. I love how he talks. He was the guest speaker at the at the skull session. Sound like dude sound like he was cutting a promo from like the late eighties in wrestling. Like he was all he was missing <laughs> from his like pregame speech was brother. Like he was like, We're gonna go out there and we're gonna dominate on both sides of the ball. And I'm like, dude, just throw a brother at the end of that sentence. And you've got it down. Like McMahon will be calling you up, man. Yes. Um, it was fantastic. I posted the video of that on our Facebook page. Go back and watch it from Saturday. It's hilarious. It's fantastic. Even the guys behind me were like, they kept going, brother. <laughs> <laughs> because it was so good. Oh, man. Dude, but I, we, I, do, I, we, do, we need to recruit better. We need to develop better. I, I, maybe we need a new blocking scheme, Aaron. I don't know. The, the offensive line, I thought we were, I thought we were turning the corner a little bit. And maybe we were, and maybe maybe the scheme is set for Henderson, and it and Chip runs better with a different scheme. I don't know. I I would love to blame it on the on on them being new and not having time to gel, but that'd be a lie. They've had time. I'm I'm at this point. I feel like there is so much emphasis on recruiting quarterbacks and wide receivers that they've left out the offensive line. Because, I mean, when was the last time we pulled a five-star offensive lineman? Don, Donovan Jackson from uh, Texas. That's it. Ju- junior this Name year. Name another one, though. We missed uh, on uh, – The year before that, we had Larry uh, um, Paris Johnson Jr. from Cincinnati. He's gone, right. Oh, he's but I'm saying – left tackle at Arizona. Look at Georgia. Look at Alabama. Oh, it's, it's a turnstile. Look at Clemson. 
they know that the that the game starts and ends with the offensive line and defensive line and they go out and they do whatever it takes to make sure that that line of scrimmage is secure we don't do that and i don't understand why so to me this is a recruiting issue there's too much emphasis we've got nfl wide receivers riding the bench right now and nobody to block for kyle mccord that's a problem. But here okay. Let me let me let's slow down. The the pass blocking's not terrible, Aaron. It's not, but it could be better. Well and I'm not well, just talking about a lot about of things could blocking. be better. <laughs> Listen, I'm not just talking about pass blocking. It's the overall blocking ability is what I'm getting at. I thought we would get a push up the middle in the run game. It's not there. Mm-mm, it's not. We are we are we are getting beat at the line of scrimmage badly. And you went you go back and you watch Notre Dame who who we thought at the time had the best offensive line that we've seen, okay? We all said that. They were getting beat at the they were getting beat at the line of scrimmage by Duke and they got beat at the line of scrimmage by Louisville. That's how Louisville beat them, was they beat them at the line of scrimmage. And my eyes tell me that Penn State and that darn team from up north yeah. are destroying their opponents at the line of scrimmage. And if we're having trouble at the line of scrimmage against Maryland and against Notre Dame, who Louisville didn't and Duke didn't, that tells me in those two football games, we're in trouble. Yes, big trouble. We we have got to clean up the offensive line issues. They need to get, as as Coach Fry said, they need to get vicious. There's There's no viciousness to them. You know, you talked about that penalty that 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 15 yard unsportsmanlike penalty that Fryer had. You know, where he jumped on the guy. What whatever happened to driving your opponent to the dirt? We haven't seen it. We haven't, because I what he did was threw him on the ground and then pounced on him. He didn't really drive him into the dirt. You know, I'm not making an excuse for the penalty. I'm with you. That I don't feel like that should have been called, but I understand why it was. And okay, yeah, Lenny, I I understand they're not good this year, but during their dynastic years, all offensive line. Same thing with Clemson. Same thing with Georgia right now. Offensive line, yeah, they need to do it from yeah from the get go. It's it's yes. all it's all also Ryan Day. Why does Ryan Day need to get angry about something or someone before to get aggressive? It, it was the official this week. Like I so wanted him to take the mic after the game and be like, "Where's the official at? Where's he at?" Because was <laughs> like, was he dude, sending was was he sending okay. that ref's wife Snapchats or something? Dude, like, that dude had a dude, personal problem with Day. dude. Okay, let's all right. Let's break this down. I know we're we've, we're off topic, but we got to break this down, dude. It's good with me. That let's o- do it. That official needs fired. He does. That guy, the Big Ten, should fire him immediately because he got a personal vendetta against Ryan Day about something. That second fifteen-yard penalty when they were like second and thirty-three, and we throw the pass to Harrison, and we got the second. Um, uh, penalty on Ryan Day from um, sideline 
used first one was a sideline warning, second one was yeah. a sideline whatever interference uh, or something. Interference. Ryan was behind the white <laughs> line, and the guy literally gets accidentally he like takes a banana banana route if you played baseball. It took a banana route to like like run into him. Like dude. Ryan's like, <laughs> I'm not even on the field, dude. And dude, he throws a flag on him. Joel Klatt and Gus Johnson were even like, yo, that's uh we don't understand that. That's a bad call. Like they even said that on television. So like you know if 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 the if the if the broadcasters or the announcers have to address it, something's off. Then he throws the penalty on Xavier Johnson and he didn't throw the flag. Go back and watch. He didn't throw the flag right away. He waited to see what the play was, and right before he catches the touchdown, he throws it out. Dude. Yeah, you can't tell me there wasn't something going on. That's when Ryan Day went off. He bet the under. He bet the under. That was his problem. If we find out that that's true. He's gone. He'll never ref another game. Given today's environment, that's that's not, not out of the possibility. Realm of possibility. It's not. My dad's been saying all year to me that he thinks the refs, some of them have this fixed because of that. And I'm like, well, oh, come on. We've but seen it in the that NBA. One, that one, it sure felt like that was on purpose, dude. Mm-hmm. It was it was kind of like, oh, come on, man. Anyways, let's get back to our, what are we on? Defensive letter grade. Uh, I went with, uh, or offensive letter grade, sorry. I went with a B. Chris went with a B minus, and and Chris's notes here. Let me read them real fast. He said on on why he gave the offense a B minus. He said anemic run game and bad line play were his reasoning behind the B minus. Aaron, what letter grade did you give the offense? I gave him a C, and Ooh. I I kind of averaged that out because that first half was. I have not seen anything like that out of Ohio State in years. Okay. And then the second half, they made up for it. So I just kind of kind of took that average, and I'm going to go with a C. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Let's hand out some Buckeye Leafs here. Do it. So, Because there, there's a lot there's a lot to, to choose from. But let me throw out some of these comments before we do that because um, there's a really good question in here. Mike uh, Grigsby says, Fryer is overpaid. Right now, I can't argue that. Me either. I can't argue that comment. Um, that is, it, it, he's whatever, whatever's going on there. It is not working. Um, Brian Oberst, if we as fans see the blocking scheme needs to change, how does the coaches not see that? Can you change a blocking scheme in the middle of the season, Aaron? I th- I mean, maybe you can, if it's like you go from like what, like zone to man on man blocking, you know, they wouldn't change it. They would make adjustments is what they would do. And it could be that, you know, zone blocking can get complicated because especially if the D line stunts or does things like that, which most of them do. So when you have a brand new offensive line and every time you play a team, it gets different. So, I mean, to me, it kind of makes sense that we're a second half team because we have to adjust to that. And it takes the players time to see that too. So it's, you know what I mean? It's, it's difficult to explain if you haven't played in this type of offense or in this environment. Right. You know, a lot, of, a lot of our listeners, I understand, they grew up in the power eye days. Um, you know what I mean? And, and most, 
if any, perhaps coached in recent years. So this idea of what zone is, is it can be confusing to you guys. So it's hard to look at that. But what it is is tandem blocking. But if there's a stunt and you have new offensive linemen that don't know or they don't recognize fast enough due to a lack of experience, that causes the issues that we're seeing. Yeah. Um, when we had uh, Steve Raring, who was an offensive lineman in the mid two thousands, on as our guest over the over the um, off season, he talked about how that he he would have hated playing in the, on this offensive line because it 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 doesn't create physicality. It's not a hat on a hat. It's not like you see that guy right there. That's that's your assignment. You go block him. You go put him on his butt yeah. like that. He goes, that's what we would want, because then we can fire off the ball and it it makes us more physical. We can be physical the way that this this scheme is set up. <clears throat> this zone blocking scheme is you're blocking an area. Well, what happens when you have multiple people in that area or the person you thought was in your area all of a sudden adjusts and moves and, you know, how defenses can become confusing. And uh -huh. then it's like we how many times have we seen Simmons go to block and he's blocked nobody but air? Well, and that's that's the problem. That's and that's why I say it's tandem blocking. You're right in what you're saying that it's you're you're responsible for a gap on the field. And in that situation, uh, yes. Donald what he's what, yep what he's saying is true uh you should be moving to the next level to hit somebody um or if you notice a, a a blitz you should be picking that up but a lot of times these guys are whiffing on these or just not seeing them or whatever and to your point erica what you just said on, on what steve said it is reactionary to a point you know uh because he's right in the old days in the power eye days you're going to attack somebody you're putting a hat on somebody but these days it's, oh, you're responsible for, you know, the B gap or what have you. The center and the guard hit their man, but maybe a linebacker comes down. That leaves, we'll say, the left tackle, okay? The center, left guard, they got the shade. They take that guy down. That leaves the left tackle to take on two people, the defensive end and the linebacker. And that doesn't always pan out the way we want it to. And that mm -hmm. takes time to gel in when theory it, this yeah. goes really well but well and, and and i'll give you an example of when it does go well remember the big run that henderson had for the touchdown against notre dame bingo go go back and look at the blocking on that everybody kind of hit somebody and it it was like the red sea and uh -huh. then it's speed but it's just not working enough and so when it's not working you, you, that's why you're seeing two yards a yard and a half three yards oh we had a four yard run yay it looked huge you know and it might work for henderson better we lack consistency but, is the is is it yeah even that run that mayan williams had like he's breaking three or four tackles to get 10 yards right it's not like he it's not like the line of scrimmage has moved five yards and he's getting five yards in before anybody gets a hand on him you know <clears throat> which is what we're used to that's what we're used to as Buckeye fans. All right, let's let's roll here. Let's start with the offensive player of the game, Aaron. Offensive player of the game. I can't go any other way than uh, MHJ, man. Guy had himself another day, didn't he? He, sh 
He sure did, man. Let's pull out his stats here for you real fast. Eight receptions, 163 yards, and a touchdown. That touchdown, he scored two times in a row to get that TD. An average of 20.4 yards per catch. And on a, doing it all on on apparently a bummed ankle from the Notre Dame game from two weeks ago. So uh, good, good on him. Uh, Chris's offensive player of the game was actually Kyle McCord. Uh, he gave that bad boy from to McCord on what was a tremendous second half for him. Uh, his best game statistically in yardage he's ever had at Ohio State was 19 of 29, uh, 320 <clears throat> yards and two touchdowns, and he did the majority of that in the last three quarters. So you take away his first quarter stats, he had a pretty doggone good game. It's just that first quarter was U-G-L-Y ugly. I went with Harrison Jr. as well. Let's see if any of you put in in the comments who your players of the game were. Um, I haven't seen any yet. However, someone did say, let me see if I can, here we go. Mark Swink said his favorite play was mine crushing that that defensive back. Yes, that was you felt that one in the stands. It that was, was nice a, to see. Yeah, you you could feel that one. It was it was a that again, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> that's right, Chris. Yeah, the Turtle Head podcast. Those guys said that they were going to shut down MHJ. Yeah, that didn't happen so much, huh? Yeah. No, I don't think so. Defensive player of the game, Aaron. Well, since I have a couple minutes, because Chris isn't here, I'm going to do it. Okay, here we go. I got three. Eichenberg for his tackle amount. Don't look at me that way. Okay. (laughs) Josh Proctor for the pick six, turning the tide. And Lathan Ransom for the way that he's played. That dude is just killing it. He carried his momentum from what he did, you know, at Notre Dame and, and... a couple games before that, he carried it into this one. The guy just, he's playing lights out right now. Physical, making tackles, not missing many. Uh, interception this game to kind of seal the deal a little bit there. And, uh, yeah, I got to give it to those three guys. So we have uh, Chris went with uh, Josh Proctor, <laughs> who had seven tackles and an interception. Really really energized this defense and the entire 104,000 plus that were there. Uh, I went with Tommy Eichenberg. He had 13 tackles, seven solo, was filling the gap all day. Uh, Really, uh, Maryland could not run the ball. And Tommy was basically like, you're not going to run the football. Even when they did and they would get a couple yards here or there, uh, he was there to clean uh, clean up the dirt. So, uh, yeah, there you go. Um, Brian Oberst has Marvin Harrison has his MVP on offense. Um, Chris says, who didn't see this coming? Talking about you picking three guys. Yeah. Love Nick it. Nick is agreeing with you. Multiple players of the game, of course. See, Aaron, you're getting a reputation, man. Hey, I love um, these guys. It good works. one here. Yeah, Brian Oberst, uh, Stover was amazing. Um was. Dude. That touchdown he had, I hope that Maryland kid's okay. The safety coming across, did you see what happened? He he had the angle, and I thought he was going to make the tackle, and it was like two steps away, and he, I think he had one of those injuries where, like, the Achilles rolls up because it was just, like, leg stopped working. Like, I'm running, and then no leg, gone, and he just bit it. He, uh, 
on TV, I don't know if you saw this live like there, but on TV, he was grabbing where his hamstring was. Oh, pulled a hammy then. Yeah, Probably. which is very painful too. Oh, so. yeah. I, I've, I've had that one in baseball. Yeah. Mark Swix is Proctor and Ransom on his defensive MVPs. Um, Sniped. <laughs> That's funny. You know those. Okay. You know those. You know those guards who sit on top of the towers at the horseshoe. Yeah. They said Kate Stover scoring one today. He's like. He's like. I'm a Stover fan. <laughs> you guys are running. <laughs> well, we had a drone on the field. Yeah. What was Did up you know with that? that? Yeah. They somebody, said it on TV. Somebody had to be. It had to be at like a. One of the uh, uh, tailgates, someone flew their drone up over and into the stadium, <laughs> onto the field. Idiots. It's like, whoa, okay, yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right, so let's move on to the – let's go to the defensive play of the game because Nick Quint, yeah, hurt my feelings. Somebody yeah. had barbecue and yep. didn't invite Johnson, and it hurt his feelings all over again. <laughs> yeah, the Denzel Burke hit. Ward. Yeah, the Denzel Ward. This time, Denzel Burke hit. Yep. I mean, it. almost identical. Same team, you know, same position, almost identical. What was your defensive <clears throat> play of the game, Aaron? I would love to give that one because you know I'm a fan of big hits. I mean, like you might that. as well. You give multiple Buckeye leaves every week. All right, let's do it. All right, we'll go with that hit and then Proctor's pick six. <laughs> of course, of course. Hey, you, you did it to yourself, man. I know. I, well, I would expect nothing <laughs> less less than you do multiple. I went with I went with the Josh Proctor pick six, and here's why. Again, like I said, we had no momentum. That play changed the entire outcome of that football game. Because he read, by the way, is he not having a great year, Aaron? Oh, man, I'm, dude, all of them are. Igbenosin, I understand a lot of people have a, have a beef with him a little he bit. Played, but he played good yesterday. Dude, he's good. he has done just fine all season long. The kid is raw, okay? He's not polished, but geez, it's his, what is it? It's his freshman year. He's a true freshman, isn't he? Igbenosin? I know he's a. No, he's, he tra he tra he's, a, he's a sophomore. Okay, either he way. He was a true freshman last year for Ole Miss. Okay, so regardless, the kid is – he's not polished. He's raw. You know what I mean? But he's going to get there. And nice. he, I mean, dude, watch him from Indiana through the last game against Maryland, dude. He is coming along fine. He is so physical. He like, is. Those wide receivers are just bruised up at the end of the game because people – oh, he's so handsy. Like, it's not like – it's not like – He's handsy as in like he's grabbing. And I know there's some there's receivers do it too. There's some there's some touchy touchy grabby stuff going on there. But Normal. like when you come at him, boom! I mean, he's gonna absolutely hit you. I you mean, know you're playing him. Yeah, yeah. At the end of the day, you're <laughs> watch the receivers. They all go up to the officials complaining about him because he is so physical. And I know we don't want to hear this because we're we're Ohio State and we're a Big Ten team. You go and watch the SEC play and then come watch the tiddlywinks that the big 10 does a lot. There's a big difference there. He is used to the SEC physicality yep. where you can get away with more than you do here. And I love it. I I'm, I'm all for it, man. I think we should all be, uh, we should, they should all be that Thank way. Thank you. Be, 
Yes, that yeah, dude. That's that's I one hundred percent am on board with that, man. Because like I was thinking about this earlier. Because I mean, I was I was okay. So I was watching the Steelers game. All right, and it got me thinking. I was watching their secondary. By the way, they they beat Baltimore today, but it's because they were physical. They were more physical than Baltimore. So I was just thinking like. Igben Osen plays the same way that I saw today. And I was thinking like, man, if we could get the whole defense to play the way that kid does, the Big Ten and maybe the rest of the country would be in trouble. Okay? The linebackers are doing it for the most part, uh, except for, I mean, Chambers has his days. But Eichenberg is there every week. The secondary... Steel, yeah, Steele's assignments, though, a lot of time cause him to have to be... Covering well, he's a coverage a, guy. He's a cover. Yeah, he's covering guys. Yeah. So it's not like he can just run up there and just, you know, every now and then they'll let him blitz. And if mm -hmm. he gets a free run on a quarterback, he will kill a quarterback. Oh, I yeah. Mean, he's, yeah. He's not afraid of it. Yeah, I didn't mean he's like incapable. I just, it's just our style versus Pittsburgh. Yeah. That's all. No, no big deal. He's totally capable. But man, if we could get our whole, just all 11 guys on defense to, to play that way, the Big Ten would be in trouble, man. So uh, uh, Chris's defensive play of the game was the the pick six from Proctor. His offensive play of game was the Stover touchdown, McCord to Stover touchdown, where the sniper on the north side took out the free safety. <laughs> so that's what we're that's what we're claiming, anyways. Uh, what was your what was your offensive play of the game, Aaron? And don't tell me it was Kyle McCord's pass to chip train him for negative 19 yards. No, no. I don't know what the heck happened there, but no, <laughs> absolutely not. <laughs> it goes down in the books as a as a the chip train, a poor chip, had one reception for like negative 19 yards on the game, man. That's that was terrible. terrible. <laughs> uh, my, my offensive play of the game was the Cade Stover 44-yard touchdown. Both of you guys, okay. Mm -hmm. I like the play, man. I love Cade Stover. I think the kid, he's good, man. I think he's going to be an asset on – on if he could play for a quarterback like Pat Mahomes on Sundays, the kid's going to be an asset, man. You know, the 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 actual best play – I don't know if it, this showed on television the same way. So after McCord's terrible pass to Chip Trainum that set up a second and 33 or whatever it was, and then he hits Harrison – on the sideline with the over the head. Mm -hmm. I mean, it wasn't over the shoulder. It was literally over the head, twinkle toes on the sideline. Amazing catch. The very next play, they ran a draw it up in the dirt, like something you've never seen before, where it literally looked like Harrison stops on the play, just stay, stays there for a second. The cornerback goes with the other receiver. The linebacker comes over and goes, what's going on? And then all of a sudden, there he goes, and he throws it over him into the into the. It was like, oh, now we're playing that way, huh? <clears throat> like it was just like again, the Ryan Day gets ticked off at the official. <laughs> it's gonna take it out on Maryland with his creativity. I I know there's more of that in there with him. I just want to see it more from like quarter number one. Why wait for then? But that was a great play. My my play was the over-the-head catch on second and 33. I mean, after you get that play and you're that far back, you're like, okay, we're going to run it, set up the punt. It's a close game. No, they go, they go for it. I, I, right before that play, I said, you know what? They should go deep because the worst thing that could happen is an interception, which would be no different than a punt, and you might get a pass interference or 
Harrison might just make another great catch. You know, that was my offensive play of the game. Uh, Brian Oberst agreed with you on Stover's touchdown. Uh, let's see. Chris says, love the way he covered the ball going into the end zone. Yep. Um, Chris, send him to CJ Stroud. Is he talking about Harrison? No, uh, Cade Stover. Oh, a tight end. Okay. Because I said he'd be an asset to a quarterback that can get him the ball on Sunday. There you go. Yeah. Oh, this is another great one. Nick Quint, Fleming's catch <clears throat> where he's falling or slips and catches it. Yeah, he was he was actually sliding because the ball was so low. It, it was, was under th- it was underthrown really bad. Yeah. yeah, he was he was again that one and the one earlier in the game where Harrison had to wait for the football and then then about got decapitated where he ducked and then the next guy tackled him. That should have been catch touchdown. If he yeah. if he hits him in stride. That's both those guys. Those are touchdowns. He's got to he's got to quit underthrowing the football. You're right. Um, who was the guy who put Brian Oberst? Who was the guy who put the big hit on the Maryland QB when he tried to run? Hmm. I know JTT who, got to him. JTT sacked him. Yeah. Um. I also want to say, did um. Uh, one of our did Williams get a sack as well? Let me look up. No, fast. it was uh, fifty-one. What's his name? Michael. Oh, Michael Jr. Michael Jr. Michael yeah. Jr. Yeah. Uh, got a half a sack on that one. JT got a sack and a half, so JT also got a half a sack. Um, I just I love the way that Kenyatta Jackson plays when he's in the game. Yes. Um, there's I I feel like all of a sudden JTT plays better. I don't know why. I don't know if it's because he's the he's quicker around the edge, and therefore the offensive line has to concentrate more to Kenyatta, and it leaves JT with better lanes. I don't know. I just feel like when when Kenyatta Jackson's in the <clears throat> game, the defensive line plays better. I it's weird. I say keep him on the field. I'm with you on that, Eric. Who is number fifty five? Do we have a fifty five? I don't think we did. <laughs> I don't know. I Ty, I mean, Ty Hamilton's fifty-eight, and and Michael Hall Jr.'s fifty-one. Yeah. I don't. I don't know, babe. Think. Is it the long snapper? If you need me to wear a fifty-five jersey for you tonight, I will. Good lord! It's me again. <laughs> Sonny <laughs> Styles, that's right. I do remember that now. Sonny Styles did hit him. Yes, dude. Sonny yes. Styles was cracking dudes yesterday. Oh yeah, like hey, he's several times. Somebody put a tweet out there yesterday that said that their starting line would be move kick J- JTT inside with Michael Hall and start Sonny Styles down on end. With uh, Kenyatta Jackson. And I was like. You know what? That's not a bad idea. Not a bad idea. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. She's thinking of 51. That's Michael Hall Jr. Yep. Brian from New York. Nice having wide receivers so wide open. Throws don't have to be perfect. Irish wide receivers not in the same class, and OC can't design plays to get them open. He's talking about uh, Notre Dame's inability to get wide receivers open last night against Louisville. It was bad. Yeah. It was it was really, really bad. But I was here's hoping the, they'd win. I was too because it makes that win look better for Ohio State. 
Right. I mean, they really need each other to keep winning. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, I, Brian, I, I, I watched that game against Louisville. I agree. Your offense looks broken, man. It, I don't know. Did dude, they give like, up? After they're the just, loss? It's almost like their offense is almost like Hartman, go win us the game. It's, I don't, I don't know, man. It's, it, they, they looked beat up yesterday. They looked physically beat up and tired. That was their third primetime game, second in a row on the road. They looked, they looked physically beat up and tired, in my opinion. Uh, Brian Ober <clears throat> says McCord floats the ball on deep passes. He does not have the same arm as CJ Stroud. I agree. But give him time. Let's see what happens. You know, CJ Stroud five games in didn't look like CJ Stroud, you know, right now. So, yeah. you know, I again, I what what if McCord didn't bounce back in the second quarter and in the second half? We'd be a lot we'd be a lot more worried, wouldn't we? But he did. He's just got to start better. I don't know. I mean, it's like Brian Day was asked about this. Why is McCord getting off to slow starts? He goes, I don't know. Maybe he needs to go run laps before the game. I don't know. Like, <laughs> you know, like it's, it's a good question. You know, some guys until they're in the heat of the battle, it's like, it, that's what brings it out of them. And they got to get hit to wake up to play. You know, I've heard of that before. It's, it's performance anxiety. It could be, you know, I mean, I can't diagnose anybody, obviously, and I'm not in the locker room, but I can't help but think that because, I mean, it's every game and it's, it's normal, but that's on the coaching staff and maybe even some of his teammates to help him get calmed down. Brian, don't get me started on JT Barrett. I have a, that's a soapbox that I don't even want to open up tonight. Don't eat. <laughs> You don't don't want to talk about the the most prolific quarterback in Ohio State history? Terrible thrower (laughs) of the football. He won games, though. I don't. He won. He won games. He was. Hey, hey, let me tell you something. Cardell Jones won games. He was perfect as a starter. But you bench him for the guy who could run because you have an offensive coordinator in the booth who couldn't. This is what Notre Dame's dealing with, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. got an offensive coordinator in the booth who didn't know how to call plays that year they screwed up 2015 so royally bad because they of did. that they did yeah yeah poor brian <laughs> he's talking about his talking about his uh coach man his, yeah former buckeye Defensive-minded head coach and inexperienced OC. I'll keep it to OSU here, but for your information, I have a daughter at Notre Dame and twin boys at OSU. Dude, good for you, man. That's cool. That is really something to be proud of. All three were at the Notre Dame game. Boys said it was sad. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Dude, Brian, that's awesome, man. So are you like – or on game days for well for Ohio State Notre Dame game were you like uh, uh, AJ Hawk's wife and Brian and uh, and Brady Quinn's who was also Brady Quinn's sister did you go half and half on the jersey I got I got to know inquiring minds want to know uh, Sonny Styles hits hard and you sometimes think the guy he hits won't get back up yeah. I th- who would have ever thought Denzel Burke would have put a lick on someone like that? Like Denzel Burke was like, don't touch me kind of defensive back, you know? And this year he's like, dude, I'm just going to blow people up. He's, Hey, you know what? I think, I think that Georgia game 
really opened up their eyes last season because, again, the physicality. Why did Georgia beat us? Physical. Split hoodies. House divided. <laughs> nice. Nice. Good for you, Brian. That's really awesome to know, man. Thanks for it sharing is. that with us. That's cool. That's cool. You can watch you can watch the Always Irish and the OHO podcast. You'd be like, I got I'm invested interest in both, man. That's cool. Speaking yeah. of the Always Irish podcast, we're gonna go to a quick commercial break. When we come back, I've put together a little montage of <laughs> of our buddy John Kennedy from the start to the finished on how this thing went with him when he met yours truly and Chris back in the summer when we previewed Ohio State and Notre Dame. Um, So we're going to play our commercial. We're going to do that. Aaron and myself, all week long, we've got stuff coming your way, guys. The uh, Boiler Express podcast are really good friends with us. We're going to do shows with them all week long. Uh, They're going to come on our show and preview the game. We're going to go on their live show Tuesday night. Uh, I will be there. Um, Wednesday, we are going on the Big Ten huddle uh, to preview that game. Um, So there's that. So all week long, we're going to be all over the place. This Friday, we are heading to uh, Indianapolis. We're going to stay in Indianapolis, head to West Lafayette early Saturday morning, hang out with those guys there at the uh, stadium. What's the name of the stadium? They're going to be so mad that I don't know it. I almost called it Nippert Stadium, but that's Cincinnati. That's, yeah. Oh, yeah, gosh. Ross-Aid. Ross-Aid. Thank you. There you go. Ross-Aid Stadium. Yeah. We're going to be hanging out with them. We're going to hopefully get some good content from the their tailgates. It should be a lot of fun. Uh, guys, it's it's going to be it's going to be cool. So check out our YouTube channel all week long, starting Tuesdays when you'll start to see the previews coming in. Uh, so it's going to be a lot of fun. And then you never know. I'll try to send links to all of you guys on all the other shows that we'll be on so that you guys uh, can check that out. Yes, Chris, there will be trains for you to play with if this is Purdue. I want to see Chris drive their little train out onto the field. (laughs) That would be an awesome bet if they knew the guy who drives the train on and they're like, listen. If these guys win, you got to let them drive the train. I'd be like driving the thing down the highway. Oh, H-I-O. <laughs> <laughs> Knowing Chris, he'd be like the uh, time Oklahoma, they came out on the, the wagon and it flipped and threw the girl out. Yeah, that'd boomer be me. shooter, baby. <laughs> that'd be me and you flying through the air with Chris right, uh, driving it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, yeah. This is, this is really good, man. Brian, dude, you made my day with this stuff. We were at the Youngstown State game. McCord uh, won won the job that day. Yeah, I was at that game too. Uh, yeah, that would have been awesome being able to meet you. All right, guys. Yeah, there's been questions. Did, did Kennedy get uh, a Woody hat? All right. Stay tuned. We're going to start from the beginning. It's about seven and a half minutes long. We're going to start from the beginning of how this started, progressed, and how it ended on the Always Irish Show. This is really good. Have your commercial. Then we'll have that. Thanks so much for all of you coming in. We really do appreciate it. Have a great week, everybody. Check it out this week. All kinds of good stuff coming your way with the Boiler Express podcast, guys. Have a good one. The OHIO podcast is brought to you by Mastermind. Mastermind specializes in 360-degree high-definition mobile video mapping, GIS integration, and traffic safety studies. 
Mastermind cares about traffic safety and keeping you safe on the roadway. Visit Mastermind at OnlineMastermind.com. All right, John, are you a betting man? Oh, boy. What do we want to do? You mentioned it. What do we want to do for this? You, see, you this, see this hat right here? Yeah. Yeah, Woody. Says the Ohio podcast, Woody. Uh -huh. How about this? I don't know if you have an always Irish uh, mug, hat, or something. Oh, if I not, do. okay. If we win, I'll send this to you. You have to wear it on one of your live shows. I'll okay. do it vice versa. I'll right. wear an always Irish on Sunday night. Well, as soon as I get it, I will wear it for the entire show. I will give you guys credit. Do you want to make that bet? Yeah, let's do it. We, All right. We'll do it. We'll do it. I'll do that. And uh, yep, we'll have to, we'll we'll mail the stuff out one way or the other. We'll do that. I, I will do that only because you guys are nice guys that have been <laughs> fair to me. We'll make that deal. All right. We'll do it. We'll do hey. it. If you're Notre Dame, you got to be alert for a run here as the last play of the game. Give it to him. Train him up the middle. He's in. Touchdown, Ohio State. They walk it off at Notre Dame Stadium. Ah, uh, the Ohio podcast. Wow, I can't wait for these guys to send me the Woody A's hat that I have to wear for losing a bet on the live stream. That episode's going to go freaking great. It's going to go awesome. I can't wait. Thank you, John, for the past week. It's been a lot of fun collaborating. Yeah, I bet it has been, especially now. The game was a coin flip, just like we thought. Hopefully, we could do it again in the future. Both teams are possible CFP teams. Oh, yeah. Look at this. Great. I got a plan for this, though. I ain't, I ain't you know, <laughs> Ohio podcast. You should know me by now. I got a plan of how I'm going to handle this. The good mood isn't going to be so good when you get the mail later today or tomorrow and find that beautiful Ohio podcast Woody hat staring at you in the face. I hate it. I don't like it. I despise it. I'm mad about it. I'm bitter about it. I'm upset about it. But I'm a man of my word. As soon as that stupid Woody hat shows up, the next stream I have, I'm going to wear it. And I'm going to make sure that it, it's a long stream. I can't do a, usually two hours and I do one hour for that one. I can't do it. So as much as I ate it, I'm going to play it straight. And where the Woody at? I lost the bet. We lost the game. The details don't matter. I'm going to have to wear a stupid Ohio State hat on this show. I'll have fun with it. I'll make content out of it. I'm not missing an opportunity, but just know that I hate it already. But I gave them my real address. I played it right. I'll, I'll do it. I just don't like it, and I'm going to do it in my way. Take that however you want. Take that however you want. I'm going to do it in my way. Here we are. That's right. Welcome in. Welcome back, everybody, to a Notre Dame versus Louisville slash John pays off his OSU bet edition of the Always Irish Morning Show. I don't like this. I don't like this at all.
I'm completely throwing off. I don't like it. I can't concentrate. I feel like a traitor. I don't like it at all, but I'm going to try and get through. I'm just looking at my own face. I'm having trouble even thinking. Son of a... And the other thing is, right when I get a little bit down the road where I can start thinking of our other games, now I got to think of this stupid game all over again. John doesn't want to be heard or seen. Not today. Look at me. Bucknut Jr. over here in John's basement. Minus 600 pounds. Unbelievable. As you can see, I'm having a rough morning. I feel disgusting. I feel disgraceful. I feel like a dirty traitor. But I made a bet that Notre Dame would beat Ohio State, and they didn't by an half an inch because they don't even feel like they need to have all the players on the field that are allowed to play in the game. So here I am because of one inch and the inability of people at a smart school to not be able to count right. As for the sign, that's for reputation protection. I ain't taking any risk of anybody clipping this and going, oh, look at John, he's flipped sides. No. So the sign is for reputation protection. Okay? $10 holler from the Ohio podcast. Thanks for being a good sport, John. Mad props for being a man of your word. Good luck the rest of the season. I hope we can do this again in the CFP. I really mean that. Hey, you guys are, it hurts me to say, I told my parents this last night. They came over for dinner. We had parent-teacher conferences. So they watched, uh, they watched Riley. And then, and then we got back and we had dinner and we're talking to them and they, my dad's like, oh man, you're not going to like doing this. And I'm like, dude, I want to not like these Ohio podcast guys, but I can't. At dinner, we were talking about it. And I'm like, dude, I want to not like these guys, but they're so nice and we get along and I like them and I hate it. Like, it's a big compliment to them. I want to not like them and not engage with them, but I do like them. And they're just two legitimately nice guys off the air away from football for me to really hate them. It, it's really disturbing. I, it's upsetting. It is. 